Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. So here I am in the jungles of Costa Rica in the amazing cloud forest, and it's just starting to rain lightly, which is nice. And today I wanted to talk about the little voice that's going on inside your head right now and pretty much every waking moment of your life. Because if you want to get a handle on internal change, true personal development, in the sense that you wanna alter things, you wanna improve your mindsets, your belief systems, the way that you self-talk, your moods, all of these things, this is all dependent on one key understanding. Not just this key understanding, but this is foundational, and without it, it's really hard to make any real change. And that simple understanding or key understanding is this. Your thoughts are not you. All right, so let that ruminate for a moment. The narrative that's happening in your mind is not synonymous, is not exactly the same, and is not definitive of you as a person. And this is something that all of us forget all the time, right? Because for whatever evolutionary reason, we develop the ability to have an ongoing narrative with ourself in our own brain. So right now, as I'm speaking to you, there's also a little voice inside my head, which sounds pretty much exactly the same as me, saying stuff to me, like, it's raining, and is my girlfriend holding the uh, gimbal correctly? And uh, do I know what I'm even talking about? And I wonder what I'm gonna eat for lunch. And there's all these other little bits and pieces going on in my mind, especially when I'm not talking and I'm just going about my business during the day, walking and thinking. There's this constant narrative thread going on inside my head. And of course, there's, there's reasons for this. This is not a negative thing in, an, in its essence. Just because we're talking to ourselves doesn't mean we're crazy and, it does, and it's not a, a negative function of our brain. Of course, it has really positive processes and effects in the sense that we can future project. We can start thinking about what's going to happen in the future. We can problem solve. We can daydream. We can fantasize. And really, in terms of anything, in terms of be, being somebody who achieves things in life, if you can't imagine it, if you can't have a vivid picture of it in your mind, if you can't think about it, then you can't make it real, which is why the rest of the animal kingdom doesn't go around building things, it just follows its instincts. And it's fairly unlikely that they've got a narrative going on in their mind. Maybe they do, just squeaking to themselves. But for the most part, they're just responding and reacting in, in pure presence and in the moment, which must be nice and zen, but it's not so useful if we want to build buildings or uh, make America great again or anything like that. So the fact that we have a narrative in our mind is not negative per se, but the problem comes when, this is what happens most commonly with people, we associate our complete core intrinsic human being self with that voice, right? So whatever it is that's going on in my mind, whatever I'm thinking, I perceive that to be the representation of me. And the interesting thing about our thoughts is that this narrative that we have in our mind is always, always right. So whatever it is that we're thinking, we always assume that it's correct, 100% correct. Even when it's negative, we can have this narrative in our mind that's ranting at us about how amazing and awesome we are, and that might be completely delusional, and, and we may need to take some feedback from the world and change things. Or on the other hand, it may be completely self-destructive and full of self-loathing, where I'm talking to myself and I'm saying that I'm a loser, I'm never gonna succeed, and I, I'm never gonna get girls, and, and all of this negative self-talk, which wouldn't have any power if I perceived it to be incorrect or even partially incorrect. The reason why some people are really effective in, in the world 
is that their self-talk is really positive and then their actions follow that up as well as them being able to take feedback and responses from the, from the rest of the world and being able to adjust. And often the reason why people are not successful or very unhappy or negative is because they're following a negative narrative. Either way, they perceive it to be 100% true. Right? And this is, this is where things like positive affirmations become problematic because if we're trying to tell ourselves that we are amazing or we're trying to tell ourselves that if we move in a certain direction or do a certain thing that it's going to have success and we keep repeating this over and over again, what we're doing is we're creating a solipsistic view of the world. And we're all doing that, whether we're doing positive affirmations, negative affirmations, or we're just randomly thinking stuff. We're allowing our mind to take control and to define reality for us. The thought processes that we have become definitive of what we perceive reality to be. And it becomes an impermeable barrier. This can be really powerful and this can be really negative depending on the types of self-talk and types of belief. But in my opinion, whether or not it's effective in the world or ineffective in the world, it's all a trap, right? Because the thing is that some of the people who are the most successful in life are the ones who are the most self-delusional. They are the most fanatical. They believe what they think to such a high degree that they block out everything else and then they just move like a bulldozer forward. And you see that. Extremists are often very effective people. Right? If, if someone holds on to an ideology or a thought process and, and commits to it 100% and it is something that is also can have a real effect in the world, then they can be very successful. Of course, if I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a next generation alien incarnation to come down to the world to turn us all into purple power people and I believe that stronger than anything else, that may not lead me to success because the apparent reality that I live in doesn't seem to support that narrative. However, if I believe that hard work, focusing in on a single task to perfection and not listening to anyone who is doubting or is, who is a hater and I'm not going to associate with anyone that doesn't have these positive beliefs, then yeah, that kind of mindset can be really effective in the sense that I can get shit done. But I still feel like it's problematic because what it is, is a self-encapsulated viewpoint. It does not allow for new information to come in. And it all stems back to this problem, which is perceiving that what I think is real, what I think is true, and only that. And this, of course, can manifest in negative and positive incarnations, but it's still very limiting. If you want to grow, change, and become more flexible, spontaneous, and become a different kind of person, then you have to be able to recognize that the voice that's talking to me right now is not me. It's just a manifestation of all of the thoughts and experiences processes, genetics, upbringing, socialization, media, all sorts of things have gone in to create this narrative that's going on inside my mind. And it serves me in the sense that it keeps me company. And I think that's one of the, probably one of the biological reasons that we have this narrative is that it's just a way to keep ourselves company, to talk constantly through the process of being a human being alive on the planet, because it's a mystery what it is that we're supposed to be doing here, why we're here, the, the question of what is the self, is something that mystics and philosophers have grappled with since the dawn of time and no one's come up with a definitive answer yet but having this narrative in our voice allows us to talk through and try and make sense of the world around us and just like early tribes people were trying to make sense of the world around them so when they looked up at the sun they perceived that that was the golden balls of a god and that when the sun disappeared that he was angry because they were trying to work out correlations with things that are going on in the natural world this created a story and created some comfort and some sense of identity but of course it locks you into a reality which is not objectively true in the sense that 
I mean, unless that's the real truth, is that the golden sun god's ball was like blazing in the sky and when he gets angry, his ball sucks up inside him. I mean, maybe that's the true, true reality, but probably not. But for some tribe at some point, that was something that kept them company. And some and anthropologists out there are going, uh, which tribe are you referring to, James? Not really sure if there was a tribe, but they believed all sorts of weird shit, just the way that religious people of today believe all sorts of weird shit, like that some guy died and then came back to life and healed people and told you not to masturbate. And that was the, that was the source of truth and happiness throughout the world or any other extreme belief or any other belief. The problem with all beliefs when I, when I have them in my mind and I perceive them to be real and true is that they do not allow for anything else to come in and intersect with that. It's only when we actually have cognitive dissonance that we can grow. Right? And so cognitive dissonance is when reality or some piece of evidence comes into our field of view and upsets the way that we think, upsets the way that we believe. And people don't like cognitive dissonance at all. Right? So that's, that's why when you present, you can present a Scientologist with an extreme piece of knowledge or a, a creationist with, a, with the dinosaur bone. And instead of taking this evidence and going, huh, okay, so that's carbon dated to 65 million years ago, that probably means that the world wasn't created in 6,000 years ago. Okay, I need to update my beliefs. How can a creator fit into this and start to adjust it? What do they do? They delete, distort, and change the evidence and go, okay, the dinosaur bones were put there by God to test our faith. What? Why would he do that? Why would he create dinosaur bones and bury them in the ground to dig them up later so that Christians could go, nope, don't believe in it. Ah, oh, good. In, enter the realms of heaven. I mean, it's absurd until it's not absurd. It's not absurd to, some, to somebody who believes it. Many things that I believe, other people would look at and go, that's fucking ridiculous. You're, you're a retard. So it's only when we have cognitive dissonance and we allow the dissonance to happen right when we when we actually accept that the voice inside our head is not correct it's a lie it's a lie that keeps us comfortable or it's a lie that keeps us downtrodden talks down to ourselves or talks up to ourselves is de positively delusional or negatively delusional in all different aspects we're all guilty of it that voice is running all the time for most people but it's only when we allow some space in between the words in between the internal narrative it's only when we start to question every single thing that we think that we step into the realm of possibility for change. My very good friend, John Keegan, said to me recently, you know, my daddy always used to say, beware the true believer. And uh, I think this is an important thing to, for you to internalize. Beware of the true believer inside you that wants to hold on to its way of thinking, its worldview. And we all want to do that because to constantly have to question your worldview, to have to rethink everything over and over again, is uh, painful, right? Because you ha if you do that, then you're gonna have to let go of assumptions. You're gonna ha have to let go of long-held beliefs. You're gonna have to let go of your comfort zone. But in my opinion, that's the only choice you have if you actually wanna grow and change and evolve. We all see the result of what happens when people don't do this, right? As people get much older, they tend to get more and more calcified in their beliefs. Right, so during their youth, they experiment with some different ideologies or ways of thinking or behaving. And then over time, they settle in many ways, but they settle on a set of beliefs, a set of thinking processes. And these may be effective ones. They may create wealth or they may get you laid or more likely than not, they won't. They will create excuses. They will create bitterness. They will create prejudices. And regardless of whether what the outcome is in the real world, the internal result is that you're old. In my, in my opinion, you become old when your body's not supple anymore and when your mind's not supple anymore. The best thing about youth, being young, is that you are supple. 
supple in body, supple in mind. And this is something that you can, of course, carry through for much longer than most people do. Most people become very stiff in their bodies and very stiff in their worldviews and mindsets as they get older. They calcify in their opinions. And this means that they're not simply not able to change. You guys, if you're here on this self-development and seduction channel, then obviously you want to change because you're not satisfied with the results that you're getting in your dating life, the way that you're feeling about yourself, your confidence, your self-esteem. And therefore, you're going to need to accept that you are not your thoughts especially the negative ones, especially the ones that are telling you you can't do it, only these types of guys can do it, uh, it requires XYZ that I don't have, all that kind of stuff. It's just you lying to yourself to keep you in a comfortable comfort zone because you can have your limitations, your limiting beliefs, or you can have growth and change. They do not coexist together. So this is all well and good for me to say, but what do I do about this? Yeah, because regardless of what I tell you in this video, that narrative is going to continue to roll inside your brain and tell you all sorts of things. In, in Buddhism, this is called the monkey mind, the untrained mind, which has essentially had free license to do whatever it wants for a long, long time. It has basically the idea of the monkey mind is it's, it's a monkey going from thought to thought to thought through the jungle, right? And as soon as something takes its interest, it jumps to the next, jumps to the next. And each time it perceives that this is real, this is true, this is me, this is who I am with every single thought. And if we took a little gif of this, of James doing this, then people would think I was a fucking madman, which I am. So if you want to be able to adjust and change, then first step is to acknowledge and accept, okay, the narrative is not me, but then what do we do? What do you do? Well, this is where the technologies of internal change come into place. Things like meditation or NLP or tapping, hypnosis, all these different technologies which you can use to adjust yourself internally must be built on a foundation of understanding that what I'm trying to shift is I'm not trying to make that narrative more perfect. Yes, that narrative will change over time. Like when I think about the way I used to think about myself and the world, the narrative that used to run, it was very nasty. It was cynical. It was negative. It was self-loathing. And now mostly it's pretty cool. It's like I'm thinking, yeah, I'm enjoying my life. Things are pretty good. And now I've got that Stevie Wonder song stuck in my head. Happy birthday to you. Whatever's going on in my mind. But still, all those things are not me. They're just more positive uh, ways that I talk to myself and think, which are, yes, definitely far more useful. I'm not saying the way that you talk to yourself is, doesn't make a difference. Of course it does. The fact that I speak more positively to myself than I did when I was a teenager has definite correlations to the effects that I have in the world. But the big shift for me came when I started to look at what was the spaces between the words, the space between or underlying the narrative that's going on in my head and starting to disassociate myself from the narrative. I'm not try suggesting that you try to crush it, destroy it, repress it in any way. And trying to just clear your mind is very challenging. If I say to you, all right, think nothing. Now you're thinking about not thinking. Yeah, if I say clear your mind, you're thinking about clearing your mind. It's not as it's not as something that you can think your way out of, right? That's the problem. So how do we how do we get to a space where the narrative that's going on doesn't affect us so much? That's where utilizing meditation is the most powerful, effective, and simple tool that you can use to do this, right? Because a good awareness type of a meditation, insight, power of now meditation, what it does is it gets you to step back to an observer platform and then to step beyond the observer and beyond the observer of the observer right so what that means is we first we start with okay I'm following my linear thought processes I'm going along on my journey initially we're following this linear train of thought negative positive wherever it takes us then what you start to do is you can step back in your mind's eye 
firstly, with that intellectual understanding of, okay, that thought process is not me. It's just something that passes through me. It's a function of my brain, has its purposes. But for now, I'm going to step back and observe what space is there around it. What silence is there? What vibration is there? What all-knowing, encompassing truths that are beyond my opinions are there? What possibilities are there? And it's not that I would want you to be thinking all those questions. It's more a sense of like going, okay, I see thoughts passing through my mind like clouds. Instead of getting on the train and following them, I allow them to move through. They do their thing. They're always going to. Some, as you meditate, if you learn to meditate and you do lots of it, you will have these blissful moments where there is fucking silence for the first time in your life, where there is not, I got the moves like Jagger, or I wonder if I'm going to ever be rich, or all this shit going on constantly, constantly inside your brain. You will have blissful moments of silence, which is very nice. <laughs> but for the most part, it'll continue to keep churning thoughts. But using meditation, awareness, allows you to step back from that and to start to see the greater whole, the greater possibilities of things that are out there. So I'm going to wrap it up there, but the main takeaway is to start to question every single fucking thing. All right, so when you have the thoughts in your mind that say things are this way, negative or positive, you look at the way that you're talking to yourself and you can say, okay, this may be true, but what other possibilities are out there? And this is the way that anyone who is faced up to the cognitive dissonance of seeing that, okay, the thing that I've held onto for so long this core belief does not serve me or only serves me in a small area. And it is the person that constantly takes on new forms of thinking, new ideas, questions their old intrinsic beliefs at their core on an intellectual level to put them through rigorous scientific study, to check them against evidences, to check them against the mindsets and the thoughts of all sorts of other people. But that's not to, in order to just eventually come to the conclusion that, yeah, I was right. Or actually, no, I was wrong, so I need to somehow shift and now believe 100% in this thing. Because beware the true believer, and beware the, beware the true believer who goes from guru to guru, from ideology to ideology, because at the end of the day, you're always going to be locked inside a box. That's why I'm so anti every fucking ideology that's on the planet. That's why I warn men against getting involved in their MRAs, because it means that you're going to hold ideologies that hate women. I warn people against getting involved in ideologies that are too loving and spiritual and hippy-trippy, because that means that you don't get to interface with raw, powerful masculinity, right? So all of these ideologies that people want to attach to because they give them comfort, because they give them an understanding of the world, sure, go ahead and do that if you want, and it may make you comfortable, but it won't allow you to grow. Almost every single ideology out there is a self-enclosed, encapsulated thinking mechanism that's very existent, depends on you not questioning it. Because the moment that you question it, then it doesn't work anymore and you have to go and pick up another ideology. So, the important thing is, question all, believe nothing. Certainly not me, or not right now, but learn to experience the internal, present, actual now behind what you're saying to yourself over and over and over again. And to do that, use meditation. James Marshall from the amazing cloud forest of Costa Rica signing out. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.